Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. Had a little technical difficulty this evening. Took 40 minutes to get this thing up and running, but Ridiculous. we are here. Here we are, live, in your earbuds. Happy to be here. Sometimes I'd swear computers have free will. Sometimes it Luckily, seems that way. We had some uh, prayer warriors. Margo gave a one two punch of uh, the St. Michael prayer in the memoir way. Memorare. You did it. Yes. I, so, knew, I knew you could do it. Thanks, man. Adam and Ann here with David Niles. Yo. In studio. Juan on the buttons, Jim, uh, making sure that we, are, we don't get... He sits by the door, make sure no punks try to come in. Right. He'll, he'll punk you if you're a punk trying to get in here. I'm really excited about our whiskey this evening. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dave, we just got done doing an episode of Catholic Answers Focus. Indeed. We talked about uh, drinking. He calls it the he called it the the theology of drinking. I think is what they called the episode. But really, it was just more about the moderation, the moderation of drinking, of drinking yeah. the virtue of of temperance. Had a great time. You should you should definitely go check that out. You can go to Catholic Answers Focus as a podcast. May I? Yes, please. Uh, this evening. So anyway, I say that to, to let everybody know. This is a nice if, bottle, if like the is, bottle itself. Is thick, mm-hmm. nice. I, I, I say that, though. I, I tell you about Catholic Against Focus, because if this is your first time listening to the episode, and you're like, why are these guys drinking? Will you pour Juan and Jim a little bit? Yeah, I'm just being selfish. I'm um, Guys, I'm you can, sorry. You can go check out that episode, because we talk all about it on that episode. But this evening, we're drinking uh, the McAllen Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, 12-year-old, triple cask mis- matured. Oh, triple cask. I keep calling it the triple crown, but that's a totally different thing. Yes, it's... Um, an exquisite marriage of whiskey matured in European and American sherry seasoned oak casks and ex-bourbon American oak casks. So let's try this. They actually have the notes on the back, which I appreciate. I appreciate scotches that have their own tasting notes on, on the box. Right. That way I know what I'm supposed to be tasting. At least ex- what they're wanting us to taste. Right. So let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers. So the, the the color it says rich straw, not poor straw, but rich straw. Hmm. The aroma complex with hints of vanilla, melon, and lemon zest. Hmm. The palate is a medium balanced with lemon citrus, vanilla, and light toasted oak and nutmeg. And the finish is lingering with melon, papaya, fresh oak, and oak spice. Wow, that's really good. Well, the McAllen is typically a I mean, yeah, they're really good. good scotch. I mean, they, they are good, but that has like um, a, that's got a lot of flavor. The nose does catch a lot of the the melon and lemon. That is not your standard Highland whiskey, right there. I I don't mean to put down Highland whiskeys. That's not what I'm trying to do. But like that, that is up front with the flavor. Juan says it has a long finish. 
me see. I wouldn't one, say it has a long I'll, finish. One, I'll be Maybe the like judge. A, I'll be the judge of that. It's real. It is really good. The forty-three percent alcohol mm-hmm. ABV. No, I think it has a good finish. One. It does have a good finish. Yeah. Don't try to be on everybody's team now, Adam. When you clearly, I just said it didn't have a long finish. Yeah. I said it has look, a good finish. Look, you can't play both sides of the. I'm not. I'm not at all. Pick a Adam. Pick a side. Pick a side. I think it has a medium length finish. Medium, no longer. <laughs> So yeah, I I enjoyed. So I picked this uh, whiskey out because it's uh, our, f- because of our topic today. Because it has a blue box. A blue box. Right. <laughs> That's exactly why you picked it. Because because it doing has, this for you, Mary. Because it, it is the color of Mary. Whenever I wear blue uh, to the office, like if I wear a blue shirt, mm-hmm. I always do it for Mary. Like doesn't matter if it's a Marian feast day or not. It's like mm-hmm. if I'm wearing blue, it's for her. I, I like, like that secretly to myself. That's like, what. That's this is what it is. That's why I like it. Yeah, if you know what, it feels good. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those things that like really puffs up my <laughs> secret <laughs> sense of superiority. <laughs> like I'm such. A, I am such a good Catholic. Like, I, I am wear. S- I wear the color blue intentionally for, for Mary. Mary, and it's because I am such a good Catholic. Right. And I'm being intentional about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, other people don't do this. Right. It's just me. Just, just me and you, Mary. I'm special. <laughs> so, okay. So let me ask you this. I was thinking about this. Um, I was listening to another podcast. I wish I could remember which one it was. I don't remember. Um, but they were talking about their struggles in faith, mm. in their faith faith life. And so I thought that would make a good conversation for us as we were sipped on whiskey on the first segment to just talk about maybe like, what do you struggle with? In your faith life right now? You asked me this question earlier, and I was going to think about it, and then I didn't think about it. Yeah. But I will tell you, there have been there have been times or moments where, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, where you experience fear when you're maybe discerning something or like having those prayers where you're saying, God, I, w- I want to do whatever you want to do. Anything you ask me to do, I will do it. But then you realize that it's kind of, oh, he may. But what if he asks me to do this? That's something I'm not comfortable with. Right. And so, you know, I've had those moments before and I've just had to like double down on prayer and say, God, I'm afraid (laughs) that if I really give you my will, you're going to ask me to do this one thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid of you asking me to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I want to, you know, like, I'm. I want to give you that fear that I have, and I know that you are a perfectly loving father, you know. And me coming to you right now, like telling you, Dad, I'm afraid of this. You are going to make it. So either, either you're not going to ask me to do it, or if you do ask me to do it, you're going to do it. Re- I mean, just like if one of my kids came up to me, and if, in fact, that's happened before. It's happened. It happens a lot. Where one of my girls will say, like, I'm afraid to do this. And, and I'll have to tell him, like, look, you gotta, there, there is not, like, I'm right here. This is not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I, pro- I promise you. Right. You know, and so, I, you know, and I'll do, hold their hand and walk them through it and encourage them and so that they're not afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. So if I do that for my kids, you know, how Obviously much, how much greater is God? So, you know, when I have those moments of fear, um, that's what I do. And really, it, it Totally makes the fear totally go away. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I wish I, I I would do that more. It's funny that you say that because 
my that's what I'm struggling with right now is this idea of, um, you know, if I give God my will, you know, what is he going to ask me to do? Right. Ask me. And it's typically it's like, ask me to do anything great. I mean, ask me to do. I will. I'll quit my job. I'll move across. the. I mean, it's like, you know what? You could name big things mm-hmm. and I don't want to do any of those things. But um, like, yeah, I definitely see that. That's one of my things is that I, I struggle like I, I have a really good job right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it provides very well for my family. It gives yeah. me the freedom. Uh, I enjoy the people I work with. Uh, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking about, like, should I be doing, should I be going into ministry? Should I, or, you know, should I go into helping the diocese? Or should I do something for the church mm-hmm. um, for a full-time job? And I, I, I try to balance this thing, of uh, this balancing act of, well, is that really something that I should, you know, is that a prudent thing? Because obviously I would, ha- I would take a pay cut. Than what from what I'm doing right now, yeah. And then I think, well, is that the reason why I don't want to do it? It's just because of the pay cut. Is because it's going to hurt a little bit, you know, and I'm going to have to sacrifice some. Yeah. Is that what I'm scared of? Is, am I scared of sacrificing, uh, you know, some of the material goods that I have and and some of the luxuries and comfort that I have right now because I don't want to do the Lord's work, and I have the security in my job right now, you know, and I wouldn't if I got if I got out of that job. And then I think, well, that's that. Maybe that is, I don't know. And, and so you, the, the worst thing you want to do, you know, on your day of judgment is, is Christ said, I was, I wanted you to, I had big plans for you and I asked you to do this and you didn't do it. Yeah. So the thing with me is that God knows that I'm really stupid. And so if he was going to ask me to do that, he'd have to be real obvious. I mean, it's also I'm Polish. So, you know, you just have to be real clear with me. Okay. That's an old, old Polish joke, you know, like, oh, I forgot your Polish. Let me tell it again. I'll, I'll go slower this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can say that because I'm Polish. I see. But yeah, I, I do struggle with that. But if you say it, I'm going to say that you're making fun of my mom. Okay? <laughs> okay. I won't do that because I love Mrs. Niles. Me too. Um, because, I, but I do, I, I struggle with that because I'm like, I'm good at certain things that I think the church really needs. Uh, you know, especially with our radio station, that we, things that we've done on the radio station, things yeah. we've done with the Catholic Man Show, you know, have been a lot of legwork that you and I have put in, and I think that I could bring that to the to the church in a diocesan form or a ministry form of some sort. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just something that I that I've I've been struggling with that for like over a year. Not struggling with it, but that's something that I I guess would wrestling be a fear. with it. Maybe yeah, maybe it's just something like I don't think God's wanting me to do that, or is He? And I'm just not willing to sacrifice my comfort yeah yeah i know um i mean and everybody's got i think that thing um whatever you know something that they wonder about and you just have to pray about it and ask god to make it very obvious Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i mean maybe i think uh, well other people are better at discerning god's will than i am i think i'm terrible at it uh i wish i were better it's like one of it's, I tell I've told God, look, I don't actually like my free will that much. I mean, it's like an awesome gift. Thank you, but can you have it? Like, <laughs> I just want to give it to you. I I feel like I'd be better off if you took this back. Yeah, like right. I'm Which okay is why with you it. consecrate yourself to Mary. Right. But I still have this free will thing, and it's constantly causing problems for me. Yeah, I think that I I, I just continue going, knowing that the Lord is going to. Find the one, leave the 99 to find the one. And so I'm hoping that if, I, if I'm if i the one, he's going he's gonna to find me. So we'll, we'll continue this on the other side. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We're drinking some good whiskey today. It's a Macallan, so... In honor of our lady. You know it's good. It's even the Seat of Wisdom. Seat of Wisdom. You know what my favorite title for Mary is? Wider Than the Heavens. Mine's uh, Virgin Most Powerful. Yeah, that's a good one. Because... She, she is pretty powerful. Because I'm a member of the Auxiliary of Christian Orum. Are you doing it now? Yeah. High five. I've been doing it since... Uh, since we did the episode? Since we did the episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. What do you think? Noted, st- have you I, had, I, had any changes spiritually? It's hard to say because, you know, spiritual things are gradual. Very, should, very few spiritual things are like, yeah. boom, I did this, and then... If you don't know what we're talking about, you should go back, go to the thecatholicmanshow.com, and you can check out, and just type in Auxiliary Christianorum, and you'll be able to find it. Um, but I haven't necessarily noticed anything different other than um, dryness in prayer. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. It's just like... I, I feel like that I'm just mechanical mind. You know, nice. I'm just like, this is just like, I have to do this. It's like, almost like I'm praying just to check the box, yep. you know, just because. Sandpaper um, on the forehead. Yeah. That's all I get. Yeah. Just so. What a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just. Not for you. It's not for you. Just chugging along over here. Gift for him. Yeah. I'm doing it because I love the Lord, not because I get a spiritual cookie out of the gig. Right. Yeah. And it's good for your family. Yes. It's such a great uh, protection of the. Because that's your like, family. It's, it's, it's specific in the prayers, but covering you and your family. And the members of the... And the blood of Christ. Yeah, and the members of the uh, of the uh, Christian Orum. Like today, the day, today's prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that thou would cover us, our families, and all of our possessions with thy love and thy most precious blood. Surround us with thy heavenly angels, saints, and the mantle of our blessed mother. Amen. That's a sweet prayer. That's just the that's just the one for Monday. Yeah, I haven't come close to memorizing, but they have a app that is super easy. Yeah. Well, when you do it for like ten years, right, you'll have it all memorized. Yeah. So speaking of other prayer, speaking of prayer, we're talking yeah. about the rosary today. Totally, for obvious reasons. Yes. And in case those reasons are not obvious, it's because today is the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. Yes. That's why we're talking about the rosary today. We have done a rosary as a man gear before, so we want to expand on that. Adam, let me ask you this. What is a rosary? This. It's a weapon. Is that the rosary? It's a weapon. Or are those rosary beads? Well, the rosary is a set of prayers. What is the rosary? That's that's really what a... Uh, It's a set of prayers. Yeah. That's kind of what I think. We all call that a rosary. I mean, that's what we all... That's what I'll say. But, you know, like, the rosary could... The rosary are prayers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not the beads, even though that is sacramental. And that, I believe that yours is probably blessed, you know, so it's... That is correct. So it's... Um, old right. Hashtag old right. Sweet. Um, so it's nice to... It's good to use that when you're praying the rosary because um, by pious use, pious devotion to mm-hmm. those blessed items, um, we are obtain, We can obtain grace. Mm-hmm. I want to throw some traffic over to uh, the thecatholicwoodworker.com. If you want a good rosary, before I forget... Go to the like, Catholic like that like, one. You like could go one. get that rosary. It's it like, actually has a Catholic Mancho uh, he's metal. Got, he's got it in bronze and silver. Yeah, for the the centerpieces. Yeah. So anyway, you can go to the Catholic or uh, the Catholic Woodworker All kinds of different crosses and everything he everything he has. It's all all the stuff is like high quality. He has taken many pains. Like he look he studies these crucifixes. That's his world. That's his world right there. Is mm-hmm. nice crucifixes and stuff. So. Okay, so when do you normally pray? The, excuse me. When do you normally put, pray the Rosary, Dave? 
Um, I will tell you that I normally pray the rosary in the car. Um, because if I don't, I just, I know that I will end up not praying a rosary mm-hmm. or, or it'll be the end of the night and I'll just fall asleep trying to pray the rosary. Um, so I pray either in the car, like I have adoration on Monday and Friday. So I'll, if I'm going to adoration, I'll pray the rosary in front of the blessed sacrament. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's in the car. Do you ever feel like whenever you're in adoration that it's like, I have to get through all these prayers before the end of the end of, end of the hour? No. Man, there's sometimes where I feel like that. And then I heard a holy priest say this one time. He's, he said, if the rosary leads you to a deeper meditation in something stop. else, yeah. stop and, stop praying the rosary and, and welcome into that, that meditation. So for me, the problem with the rosary is that it always, always, always leads to deeper meditations on something else. And that's the thing. That's it's, not. That's not. It's something else. It's you not know, it's, whole. It's not like it's not a prayer. It's right. Something. Like, something like, else. Like, uh, today, I was praying. I had adoration today. It's Monday. I think it was uh, like I realized at the end of one decade. It's like I've been thinking about fantasy football. <laughs> well, you whooped me and this how week. I was destroying Adam this week <laughs> by a you huge did. margin. Yeah, you did. I it had, was not even close. No, my guys did not. I, I gave a great. Uh, opening speech, halftime speech was great, <laughs> and they just—I can only put my players to to win, and they have to do the rest. All you so. can do is put them in the right place. Yeah, yeah. So. But um, to be fair, I would have destroyed anybody in the league this week. I put yeah. up uh, over 160 points. Yeah, it felt good. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. But anyway, that is like a real thing. Here's a real example of something. Okay, I want to ask you. I want to get. I think I can make it about our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be Thy name. Thy, and I'm gone. Okay, so how do you met like? Let's get real here. How do you actually meditate? Like, how do you do that when you're when you're talking about the mystery of the? Okay, so it's the Annunciation. What are you thinking about as you're praying the Hail Mary? Here's, if you're, if you're trying, you, if let me you're tell trying you to meditate. What I what I attempt to do in my ideal world yes. that like that you strive ne- for that has never happened okay. except for like a couple times when I was clearly receiving a special grace. I've had a couple rosaries where I was actually like able to concentrate on the mysteries the whole time. And I remember like thinking, this is awesome. Okay, let's hear it. Um, I will announce the rosary. So like today, I would say the first mystery is the rosary is the annunciation of the angel Gabriel to Mary. The fruit of the mystery is humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before I start the Our Father, I try to picture angel Gabriel like kneeling down before Mary. You know, put myself in the scene. Okay. Uh, this is just what I try to do. I'll tell you, for me, it has very little like actual effect. Because I get so distracted. Right. I've always had ADD. I don't like using. I don't that think as an anybody excuse. believes that. I don't think anybody right. believes that. Right. But anyway, um, so then I'll, I try to say the Our Father. When I say the Our Father, I try to actually like really think about the words, you know. And um, I don't try to rush the Our Father, even though most of the time I do. I don't try to. It's just what ends up happening, you know. And so like when I say, "Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us." Is there anybody that I need to forgive? Because if I'm not. Like, I want to make sure. I want to make sure I get forgiven. Okay. I'm selfishly forgiving you so I can get forgiven. Right. Okay, you're forgiven because <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> um, but to tell you the truth, most of the time when I'm trying to think about the words, I don't make it through the Our Father. I just don't. Okay, but I want okay. To. So now you're in your Hail Marys. How? What are you? What are you meditating on? How do you do it? I'm just saying the words of the Hail Mary, trying to like play out the scene in my head. Yeah, you know, um, 
So like when I get to the uh, Sorrowful Mysteries, typically I now that I've seen The Passion of the Christ, those tend to be the images that come to my mind. Right. Um, which is, you know, I think that's fine, but they're very well depicted. So, um, mm-hmm. so like, yeah. so for, let's just take the, the second Joyful Mystery, the, the Visitation. Yeah. I try myself. I try to think about. Okay, Mary's sitting here. She she just found out she's pregnant with the mother with the, with the son of God. She's the mother of God, and yet her first thought was, "I need to go help somebody else." And so I I try to think of. Okay, here here's what she's doing. How do I do that better in my life? And then I I picture like all the struggles that she had to be uh, the the being uncomfortable, um, being tired, mm-hmm. and yet she's still thinking about other people like. Um, like Saint Elizabeth, and like she gets there, and you know her voice, like you know, makes Saint. Uh, She's Saint, like, "Hello," and, and yeah, and Saint John's like bouncing around in, in in her womb, you know, recognizing that the mother, or the, the the savior of the world is upon him, and the mother of God is speaking to him. Yeah, and I I just try to like uh, to seriously like I'm in the scene. What is the what does the ground feel like on my feet? Is the wind blowing? You know, is the sun beating down? Right. You know, like I just really try to put myself in that scene. Like, what is she actually saying to to uh, Elizabeth? How is Elizabeth reacting? What's What's Elizabeth's face look like? Mm-hmm. You know, when when she sees the mother of God approaching her, yeah, and she's super pregnant. Uh, you know, and like how relieved she has to feel, and you know, um, the joy that she has to have, and I, I that's what I try to do for each mystery. Yeah. Uh, the the easiest one to to put yourself in the scene I think is the is the sorrowful mysteries. Let mm-hmm. me can I also talk about the luminous mysteries for just a second? Yeah, I think because people people hate on the pe- luminous mysteries. Like, and I listen, I've heard all of the uh, the reasons for for people hating on the luminous. I don't mysteries. buy any of them. I don't either because let me tell you something. If you are trying to tell me that we as Catholics should not be meditating on family, we shouldn't be meditating on the Eucharist, uh, or just the life of Christ, like. Um, you like sh- you can, you can right now, yeah. But, but especially like so many people are don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. Right. There's, and I've th- heard some people say, "Oh, well, they they're not indulgenced." Yes, they are. I have the handbook of indulgences. They they are indulgenced. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's in there. If you don't have the book, think, go get it. It's, I think I think that w- it would help us to actually meditate on the on 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 family on yeah. the Eucharist. Uh, Lately, my favorite mysteries to meditate on are the transportation mysteries. Yeah, yeah. People, some people call them the glorious, but it's really the every. They're all about just like, oh well, I was over here and then I moved over there. It's like I was, I was Jesus. He rose from the dead. Then he ascended, and then the Holy Spirit, Spirit came, descended. The Holy Spirit came down, and then Mary went up. Yeah, you know, it's just about like people moving around. And then she like got crowned. It's like this is the most mysterious movement I have ever seen. I do like, I do like it though, because the last two are like all about Mary. Yeah, like, Mary. Yeah. So. When we get back, we're going to talk about the Battle of Lepanto, which will make sense if you do not know what that is, uh, why we talked about the rosary. Yeah, it's it's today. It's the feast day. Yeah, so go buy yourself a rosary if you don't have one. Men should always carry a rosary with them and, and pray it. Yes. Keep it on your left All pocket. The time. I have mine in my pocket right now. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Just got done talking about the rosary. Chugging some whiskey over here. I am not chugging whiskey. That would not be prudent. Nor it temperate. just looked that way because you like no, I, put it down quickly because you're in a hurry as I, if you had just chugged it. Like, no, I just forgot uh, that it was my turn to, to, to bring us back in. So we're talking about the Battle of Lepanto today. Lepanto. Uh, if you have not listened to um, Battle or, of Vienna with Father Sean Donovan when we talked about the Winged Hussars. Go do so after this one because this is the one that came first. Yes, but it's really good. So this is the context for you to hear the other one. You don't really need context for the other one because... Because Father Sean Donovan was on and he gave you everything right. you needed fine. to know. It was good. If you didn't get it's, it, it... Okay, the other one stands alone, people. Right. But this will fill you in Okay. on some other things Let's that took place. Let's do this. Place. The Battle of Lepanto. Okay. So... Everybody knows about the Crusades. Okay. Uh, it's the Muslims versus the Christians. The Muslims are like, hey, look. Uh, can you speak? Can you do this in Turk, please? I can, but it's like, it's not our audience. I'm trying to speak to our audience. Okay. Adam. I'm sorry. Okay? You're I mean, right. I mean, You're right. I basically can. Right. You're right. They're like, hey, look, I know that's your country and all, but we really want it. Mm-hmm. And we really don't care about you, so we're just going to kill you and take it. Or you can convert. Those are your choices. And then the Christians were like, no. Like, that's not cool. And so they fought each other a bunch of times. This is one of those times. Okay. <laughs> this, this is really good. Okay. Um, there's, this, oh, there's this cool battle. There's this Muslim dude. I don't remember his name. Their names are hard for me to remember. They're very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They this his this dude was like oh let's go take this island the island of it's Malta a it's a sultan the sultan at the time yes he, because uh, he was the reason why he wanted to take that island is because he's no a, no you're oh. you're talking about this dude's son oh okay I'm sorry this Continue. is this is the dude that you're that you're talking about his dad okay he was like let's go to Malta and there's like less than a thousand people on the island of Malta knights and they held him off they like killed forty thousand uh. Muslims trying to siege, lay siege to this island. So anyway, that is what put Malta on the map. Okay, this dude, he was, and this guy was like a big time warrior. He had conquered almost everything he'd ever done. Uh, well, he ended up dying in that battle. So his son was going to take, take the uh, the reins. He, he got crowned. This is his son was Salim the second. Okay, and he was the, he was the sultan that was a. He, he really liked wine. Correct. Um, a big wine guy. Big, big wine, big winephile. Um, he was nicknamed. So, uh, uh, full disclosure, I'm basically ripping off other people's material. That's what we're going to do all night. Okay. Uh, uh, this is comes from Christopher Check. He wrote this great article called The Battle That Saved the Christian West. Catholic Answers What? Right. And he's, he's a good historian. Also, there's like YouTube videos that I watched. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not a historian. I am. I don't think anybody thought you were. So your so your disclaimers noted. Like but continue. I'm plagiarizing. Okay. Okay. I might even be directly quoting other people, but I just have it all in my notes. I don't remember who said what. Okay. Anyway, who cares? It's all history. This is what um, Salim. He was nicknamed the Sot. Uh, Christopher Check says his enthusiasms were for wine, his extraordinarily deviant sexual appetite, hmm. wine. Poetry and wine. Okay. Um, so this dude liked to drink wine. Yes. Um, his favorite wine 
came from the island of Cyprus, okay, which is a very, very, very small island. Somehow, Vienna claimed Cyprus, okay? So, uh, there's Turkey here. Right underneath Turkey is the sea, okay? Cyprus is over here. Vienna is like way the heck over here. It's like part of Italy. It's not even close. No one can see this. There, it's, uh, if uh, if yeah. you're on the radio or podcast, like pull up a map. Okay. You got Continue. your phone. Anyway, the point is that they're a long way away. Okay. And Selim is like, I don't like paying those infidel dogs for this wine. It's like this island is like right here next to my country. I should just get to keep it. Okay. Um, but he couldn't attack them because Turkey and Vienna, Venice, had a peace treaty, mm-hmm. okay, that had been sworn to on the Quran. So now this Salim dude, he has an obligation to Allah to maintain peace. Well, he didn't really like that. He wanted to come up with an excuse to break the treaty, so he issued a, fat- a fatwa, fatwa, okay. <laughs> super funny word, <laughs> uh, which is basically a religious edict, saying that um, I don't really care who owns the land. Basically, if the, if a land has ever been conquered by Islam in the past, I we have a duty to, to, re- to restore it to Islam. Okay, and so uh, he used this as like it's like not His only end. not only do I is it okay for me to attack this island, I have a duty to do it. I must do it mm-hmm. and break the peace treaty. So he does. He sends some people. He sends. I mean, this is like a small island. Um, very far away from its home country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, by the time they could send word and come back, like, it was kind of too late. The, they, had been, they had been taken over. Um, so he sent an army to go conquer the island. This is, and then in July 1570, mm-hmm. uh, they landed in Nicosia, which is the capital, and they placed it under siege. The dude's name was Lala. Okay. Lala. Lala Mustafa. Okay. It's just so funny. Okay. It's living in La La Land. But um, so he gets there. He tells the people like, hey, look, if you surrender, I promise not to kill any of you guys. We'll let the soldiers go back to uh, the mainland and the, um, all the citizens can keep their country and their lands. And they're like, okay. That's a good deal. Okay. We'll do it. Turns out, though, he lied. Yeah. The thing, the thing about La La is that he's a liar. Right. Okay. Um, so because they're infidels, Islam says like, you don't really have to tell them the truth. You're mm-hmm. allowed to lie. And so this is a tenet of Islam that you can lie to an infidel. You can say whatever you want as long as it's to advance Islam. So that's what he did. Um, and basically he tortured, he didn't just kill them all. He tortured them first and then massacred about 2000. No, 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 no. He massacred all, all, almost all the citizens of that country, of that town. Um, Except for 2,000. He did save about 2,000... Were they children? Boys, mainly children? boys and girls, yeah. um, and sent them back to be sex slaves in Turkey. Um, so then they turned to the city of Famagusta. Okay. Which is, that's kind of a funny name. That's just, uh, you know, weird uh, Cyprus name, but... Um, which is ruled by a guy named Marcantio, Mark Antonio Bragadino. I like Bragadino. Bragadino, that's a pretty sweet word pretty sweet name um they were able to uphold they withstand the siege for over a year 
with, Golly, with only 8,000 soldiers. Couldn't imagine having to do that. So, I mean, like the armies, the Muslim armies are like, you know, bombing their wall. They had a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a year. Um, they were under siege. Yeah. Finally, a large section of the wall fell. Um, and once again, uh, he said, all right, yeah, 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 we will. If it, it, they, they surrendered under, under terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went, big surprise, they went back on their word. They, the dude, uh, Mark, Ant- Mark Antonio, was brought to like the leader. And the leader's like, hey, I want you to leave your, your page here with me as um, hostage while we let you guys go back to the mainland. And they're like, no, like that, we already actually agreed to the terms. That's not part of the terms. So they took that dude. They were not nice to the Bragadino dude, okay? Didn't they, like, flay him? Yeah. Like, so they, first they cut off his nose and his ears, and then they... So he didn't bleed to death. They cauterized his nose and ears shut. Oh, man. And then they, like, threw poop at him and stuff. But then they tied him to a pillar and skinned him alive. Oh. Um, and he, they, he didn't die until they got to, like, his belly button. Then they took his skin and stuffed it with straw... And made, turned him into like a Scare- puppet, like, you know, like a scarecrow kind of. Man. And uh, tied his body, his stuffed straw body, to the mast of one of their ships. And it ended up going into battle that way. Because um, mm. he was like the, the leader of, of this, this place. So it was like super, super messed up. Um, so finally, uh, about a year, a year, in the next year, March 1571, Pope Pius V signed a treaty creating the Ho- the Holy League. Yes, this is when it gets good. Okay, so um, Europe was not in a good place. So this is about 50 years after um, the heresy of uh, Protestantism was, you know, like that was in the early 1500s, like 1505 or something. So um, you don't think so? No, but oh, well, it, was a, it was around the, or very close to the year 1500. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's very close to the year 1500. So Europe, what, which used to be united, is now divided in many ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so those divisions have even created divisions among Catholics. So you've got the French, who are a, a good Catholic country, supporting the Ottomans. Okay, um, Vienna had a good... They had this peace treaty with, with the Turks. So they had been selling them. They had been doing a lot of trade, and it was really good for their economy. And France saw that, and they wanted... They wanted, they wanted in. in on this, especially after the Turks took Cyprus. I mean, that was kind of, it's like, what the heck, guys? Um, they wanted to, at, at first, they weren't even sure if they were going to send this while they're under siege for a year there, those those people. They weren't even sure if they were going to go help them. Because like, you know what? Let's just let them have that island, and then we can get back to doing business. It'll be good for our economy. Okay. Well, so France, they start doing it too, and they want to start selling stuff to the to the Turks. So... They're supplying them with arms against their other Christians. Um, so that's just a good example of how divided Europe was a- at the time. So this, this is not good. The Holy League is going to help fix that. Thank you to uh, Pius V. Pius V. Pope St. Pius V. Yes. All right, so when we get back, we're going to invoke the Holy League and finish this story. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. We're on the Lord's team, the victorious side. 
So raise your glass. You see what I did there, Anna? No. Our Lady of Victory. Ah. We're on the victorious side. Glad you told me. It would have gone right past me. My father-in-law is really pushing if, uh, for if we have another girl to name her Victoria. Mm. Well, you. Also, uh, the the Nile River. I can't remember if it begins. I think it starts from Lake Victoria. No kidding. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool too. He's it's the only river that also goes up. Goes up, huh? Yeah, from south to north. That is peculiar. Mm-hmm. What about in the south hemis- southern hemisphere? I, I I would imagine that they have some that go up. I don't know. That's just I just remember that. From, I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. I don't know that yeah. I, I was. Uh, I did have. We we have a southern hemispherian here. A public. Is that right? Uh, Are you a southern? Do, has anyone ever Let's used focus. that word? Let's focus on Lepanto. Okay, so uh, Saint or Pope Saint John. Pa- no, Pope Saint Pius V. Yes. Um, during his sixth, the sixth year of his reign, he promulgated a lot of things. Like this was a. A, a sweet pope, okay? He promulgated the Council of Trent. He published the works of St. Thomas Aquinas. He issued the Roman Catechism and a new missal and breviary, created 21 cardinals, excommunicated Queen Elizabeth. Booyah! <laughs> Not every day you get to excommunicate a monarch. Um, and aided by St. Charles Borromeo, led the reform of soft and degenerate clergy. Uh, Borromeo is a, I believe, a doctor of the church that is very much overlooked. That yeah, dude underrated, he, overlooked and underrated. Yes, over and under. All right. Okay, so that's the pope we're dealing with. He was like, you know, sometimes a, a time arises where we need a like a man to rise up, mm-hmm. a certain man. Pope Paul V was this certain man. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Pious. Pope Pius. I'm sure Pope Paul V was good. We haven't even had a Pope Paul V. Anyway, um, so March 7th, 1571, on the feast of his fellow Dominican, St. Thomas Aquinas, um, he launched the Holy League, okay? So the Holy League uh, was Spain, Italy, the Papal States, which is kind of like today, that's part of Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and it was Italy, and then it was conquered by the... Um, the Masons, God, those guys, the Freemasons. We should, oh, we should do a topic on the Freemasons the, someday. The Freemasons. Okay, keep going. Getting in the ways. Anyway, Vienna didn't want to join. They're like, ah, uh, because once again, they were more concerned about their economy. Mm. They were that they were going to lose this big trading partner. Anyway, um, they did. Like I said, France was trading with the Turks. Um, like for instance, the oars on the Turkish galleys, the, the a galley is what they called their boats back then, because they're open top. Um, it's just like a big platform that you rode around. Um, the cannons on their boats were all from French design, so like this is a big deal that the French are not on board uh, because the French are a big Catholic country. Um, and he names Pope Pius V names Don Juan of Austria or Don John of Austria. He, he, a step son or brother half of... Half-brother to the uh, king of Spain. Yes. And the illegitimate son of the previous Holy Roman Emperor. Okay. Um, St. John of Austria, he was he was B.A. Okay. Like, the most interesting man in the world. You know, like, there was that one commercial where he has, like, a, a puma or something in the kitchen, and he's telling it to get off the counter? Mm-hmm. This, this is, that's basically him, okay? Um, since childhood, 
he had uh, a very a deep devotion to Our Lady. So um, obviously that's awesome. He spoke all kinds of languages. Let me see if I let me see where that is because this part is just super super awesome. Um, he did Latin. Oh he, yeah, he spoke like Latin, French, um, but most importantly, he had. Oh, here it is. He spoke Latin, French, Italian, Spanish. Kept a pet, a pet marmoset, and a lion cub that slept at the foot of his bed. Wow. He had a freaking lion in his bedroom. Okay. <laughs> and that's at the age of twenty-four. All those languages. I don't. Even, I haven't even had a pet lion yet. And, and he's thirty-three. Right. You missed it. I feel like you missed out. The window has closed. Also, like this first world country. <laughs> You might end up in jail if they find a lion in the house. I think so. So anyway, um, and now he's the supreme commander of the Holy League. So it's up to him to uh, get this all going together. So on September 16th, um, they sailed for Cyprus. Before they did, him being, he's just like so awesome. He had all the, the men fast for three days. I think that's an important part because obviously he invokes the name of Mary. He asks everybody right. to pray. Uh, they didn't even take them to the confession but ahead of time. So each boat had one or two priests on it. Going into battle, even the priests were there as uh, chaplains. You know, That's hearing awesome. confession. Um, That's, I, let me tell you, if I was going into battle, I would want a priest on my ship. Right, offering general absolution. You know, it's like right. watching everybody get Apostolic slaughtered. Pardon, here we come. They also brought like valuable icons on their boat. That's awesome. Uh, so exactly forty years before this happened, Mary appeared to a man. In um, South America, in Mexico, you're not, uh, you're not talking about Our Lady of Guadalupe. I are you? am, and uh, on his tilma, she imprinted this image. Five copies were made of this image at the time. One of them was on one of the galleys for the Holy League. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead there, but that's okay. So, um, so they they all got on. They were going to sail for Cyprus. The thing is that they didn't know um, Famagusta had fallen that other other city on they didn't know that yet because it was kind of far away okay um paul v had granted the plenary indulgence to the soldiers he 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 did declare this a um a crusade okay so anybody who went would get this and back then that was a really big deal um priests of the great orders the franciscan capuchins dominicans um jesuits were all stationed on the decks of the galleys they were offering mass and confession they all they was they all heard had mass beforehand um Many, uh, many of the people who were rowing. So back then, you did have sails, but you were, your primary motor was a ro- was rowing, and so they were criminals. And mm-hmm. most of the time, the criminals would be chained up. If you've ever seen the movie Ben Hur, um, you know, like you're chained right. up, and if the boat goes down, you're gonna die because you're chained to the boat. Okay. Right. Well, Don Juan, he's like, nah, um, we got to set these guys free. So he had them all unchained and issued them a weapon. Which is like, you don't Unheard do of. that. These right. are your slaves. They'll revolt against you. But didn't he say, if you guys fight bravely, yeah. you'll be set free? Yeah, he promised them their freedom if they would, if they would fight with bravery. And um, he gave each man in his fleet a, a more powerful weapon than anything the Turks could muster, a rosary. Everyone was issued a rosary. So on the eve of battle, the men of the Holy League, they're preparing their souls. Um, they're praying on the galleys, praying the rosary. Back in Rome... All up and down the peninsula, the Pope had ordered all of the monasteries and the, um, the abbeys and the convents to pray the rosary. So, I mean, the rosary is an into, it's central, which is, you know, why we get the Feast of the Rosary. Um, at some point, Don Juan, he's in council. He says, 
all these people advising him, he says, gentlemen, the time for counsel has passed. Now it is time for war. So on the dawn, the very the morning of October 7th, 1571, they rode into battle. Um, the Armada, the, the, it was weird back then. Basically, you just took your boat, you rammed it into another boat, and then you jumped onto their boat and tried to kill everybody, and then you get back on your boat and you try to r- ram into somebody else. So it was like totally ca- It was really Chaotic. It was like having a land battle out there on your boats. It's like, guys, can we just all go back to shore and we can do this like men? But right. you're out there like... Rowing, rowing into well, each other. The epic part was that we came in uh, stationed as as a cross. Right, yes. And and the Muslims came in as a crescent. Crescent moon. moon. So it's like, it's was like, like you, your shape Christian, versus our shape. Yeah, and, and we came in and just went and just yeah. blew them up. Yeah, they tried to flank us and like the we had the pieces of the cross so like the left piece of the cross, the right piece of the cross were commanded by different people. Don Juan, he was in the middle. They had these two huge boats that were actually merchant boats that they had converted, put cannons on them and stuff. Um, they weren't very fast but very heavily armed. Sure. Um, and then he had uh, some people who were behind him that were, they were actually like, uh, what do you call them when you're paid to be there, paid to fight? Uh, mercenaries. Mercenaries. Um, so anyway, uh, they go into battle and they're on Don Juan. He's on one of these big ships, and the the main other big ship for the Muslims. They you know they're they're fighting and they're going back and forth, back and forth. Finally, Don Juan leads the third charge, um, and he gets injured in the leg. But the the head general for the other guy gets shot in the head, and one of the criminals that they had set free went and chopped his head off and brought it to him on a spit. And Don was like, I don't want that. Throw it in the ocean. So mm-hmm. that's what they did. They threw it in the ocean and they captured the flag. So there was this. Very, very important flag. It had um, uh, uh, Muhammad's name written on it like 20,000 times or something. Uh, It was was thousands and thousands of times, 28,900 times in gold leaf. And tradition had it that this was the very flag that was brought into battle by the prophet Muhammad. Okay, so this flag was like a big deal to them. So when they saw it, when the Muslims saw it go down, they were terrified. Mm Mm-hmm. all the same, at the end of, at the end of the day, the battle lasted five hours. Nearly three hundred Turkish of the three hundred Turkish vessels, all um, except for thirteen were captured or sunk. Three hundred thousand Turks were slain, um, and it was it wouldn't be until the First World War that that many people would die in a battle. Um, so five hours. 300 Turks. That doesn't count the Christians. I mean, and that's sad. I mean, right. uh, we're not we're not trying to glorify you know, like the amount of death. Right. Um, but this that's I mean, it was an epic battle. Oh, but most importantly, at the beginning of the battle, the Christians are rowing into the wind. So they've got all their sails down. Um, and this is the dawn. He, the battle's about to begin and they have the they're having to face the wind. But all of a sudden, as they're in formation heading towards the Turk, the wind does a 180. And now all of a sudden the wind is behind the Christians, and so the Turks have to drop their sails, and it's a huge disadvantage. I mean, huge advantage. That was the. Without that happening, the battle would not have been won. Without this battle being won by the Christians, you would not be speaking English right now. You would be speaking Aramaic or Arabic. You'd be speaking Arabic. Christianity would not exist. Yeah, and that's why you have an army of people praying the rosary. You're gonna, you can conquer anything. That's right. So, uh, pray the rosary with your family. Invoke our our Holy Mother. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.